ngā mana e ngā reo nau mai haramai ki tēnei wahanga ko Te Ahika. He kaupapa tēnei e pāna ki te ao Māori. Te Ahika recently sat down with Dr. Hare Williams, a celebrated broadcaster, former teacher and cultural advisor, to talk about his life in light of the recent release of his book Words of a Komatua. Tonight we're continuing that kōrero. In this painting we have the great white shark which is the kaitiaki of Rongofakata of Gisborne and it's up in the mahau in the house at Manatuke, the hauki, the manaki tūranga, a house carved by the Haruhiru Kupo. As a poet, artist and calligrapher, Hare is still kept busy by doing the things that he enjoys. In part one of this interview, he talked about the book and his childhood raised by his two hoi grandparents at Ohiwa Harbour. This week we focus in on his love for painting, depicting the stories of Māori ancestors and a little bit more around his career as a broadcaster. Nā reira koera te kaupapa kōrero e tū mai nei that's coming up in this week's episode of Tiahi Kā. Ko Justine Murray, ahau. Here, Dr Hardy Williams recites one of his poems called Paradox from the book Words of a Komatua. Paradox. Paradox is when your tipuna is arrested and exiled to the Chatham Islands. Didn't he fight for the British Empire at the 1865 siege of Wairangahika? We've been to the moon and back, but we have trouble walking an old lady through traffic that should have stopped at the cross now. Paradox is Colonel William Bassier, messenger coming to take Parihaka on the 5th of November, 1881. But didn't the people dance, skip their tops, offer food and sing songs of welcome? Tefiti and Tohu preached resistance. But peacefully, long before Gandhi, that didn't stop the settlers taking land, Taranaki has a bad case of amnesia. Paradox is when protesters say Māori land should not be sold or akona te reo Māori. But where's the land and language? When Kaumatua tell you no one owns the water, why then are we selling water to foreigners? And when we go looking for kūtai, pāua, pipi, kina, why do we need a permit or confine our collecting to a quota? We've been to the moon and back, and we're on the threshold of conquering outer space. But we can't sort out our shit when it comes to inner space. Paradox is when grandchildren think they have the coolest tupuna on the planet, but then hear a teacher tell them, your ancestors were uncivilised cannibals. Paradox is a mum with three kids in midwinter, plotting rebellion in a van on hostile streets. In, in that poem of um, paradox, you know, people are getting bigger houses, but their fridges are empty. That's a paradox of modern society. The old lady who cannot cross the street 
because of the traffic, no one helps him. That's a paradox. Mm. And um, a woman and two children in a van sleeping on a Mangere street in the winter because I, I know a woman at the Mangere Marae turn up with her kids who'd been sleeping in her car. Why are we doing that when New Zealand is a land of Fonterra milk and manuka honey that up to the brim of the stream? We're the first to reach the top of Everest. We're the first to stop anything nuclear coming to New Zealand. And yet we can't deal with Māori offending and recidivism. Indigenous cultures around the world can provide the solutions. So we're now just kind of entering the, the foyer of Hardy's home. Yeah, this particular painting here is, uh, is a statement about Maui and Hinenui Tupu. And Maui is entering the vagina and to bring immortality into the world. And of course, in Maori culture, you don't interfere with nature. Maui succeeded in changing society. He challenges his brothers, he challenges his grandmother and his great-grandmother. And eventually he challenges Hinanui Tapu to bring immortality to the world. And this part of the story parallels Heracles of Greek mythology because Heracles was stripped of immortality. So Maui dies inside the vagina and human beings die after that. And he was given away by the laughter of the fantail. In this painting, we have the great white shark, which is the kaitiaki of Rongofagata, of Gisborne, and it's up in the maho, in the house at Manatuke, the, hauki, the manaki Churanga, a house carved by the Haruhiru Kupu. But in this painting here, I paint... The, uh, the endangered skin of the Cody tree. And on the other side are the pa- patterns of Māori culture for the survival of our planet. And it also is the image of uh, Rangitoto Island disappearing into the sea. And the ancestors, the mm. eyes are looking down on society. And so the salvation, the solution to um, the degradation of our environment rests with indigenous people, including Māori people. So in this painting I also have the the kuaka Mm. flying 15,000 kilometres across the Pacific all the way to Alaska, a tiny bird. And up here are my, my pencil drawings of my family. Yes. My kids. But up here, I, I don't do much calligraphy nowadays. But here's a poem by Hone Tufare. I can hear you making small holes in the silence rain. If I were deaf, the pores of my skin would open to you and shut. And I should know you by the lick of you if I were blind. The something special smell 
of you when the sun cakes the ground, the steady drum roll sound you make when the wind drops. But if I should not hear, smell, or feel, or see you, you would still define me, disperse me, wash over me, rain. For many years, Hardy was part of the New Zealand Broadcasting Corporation, or the NZBC. He was the manager of the Te Reo unit. At the time, this included both television and radio. During this period, race relations was much different in the country, and Hardy faced an uphill battle with issues around editorial control and bias reports. But he's seen a lot of change as well. Here he reflects on his time. Yeah, I wanted to leave many times because of the, the bias and the stories to translate everything you did. So I stayed in television. I stayed six months and I couldn't stand it. So I switched to radio. And radio was much more tolerant. And uh, I, I found... You know, I could do my own stories with a tape recorder and move around the country. But initially, I think my idea was to collect the taonga of our people. Hinarete Ua was absolutely marvellous because the archiving of the stuff. I was in Nelson recently and spoke with Richard at his home. <laughs> Richard, we're sitting in your home in Nelson and reminiscing about that incredible opening of Te Papatunga River. And here's this photograph the Dominion took. I don't know why, why they never published it, because right. it's brilliant. And he and I insisted, well, he was the one who made sure that when staff go out, we don't uh, recycle any tapes. We, much to the, the, the system, didn't really want to keep tapes, that many tapes. Even if it's only one minute long, we keep, we'd keep it. But back in the back on my head, people like Sid Jackson and Hone Tufare and... Um, uh, Ken Mia later on and Titifai Harawida, they saw broadcasting as a medium towards mm. social and political justice. And so I, I started telling the truth of the story of Tikoti because mm. I'm related to Tikoti. The story of Rua Kenana, how two people were shot underneath a house. The story of Tafiti Oromai. I didn't know those stories when I went into broadcasting. I found them out when I went visiting people. And uh, the story of Northland, the story of Kahungunu, and the story of the East Coast, and Faya Maklachi. I'd pick up a phone at night and I'd, I'd, I'd say to someone, hey, I'm coming over to Rotorua to, uh, in two days' time. Can I come and see you? Yeah, yeah, yeah come and stay. We'll, we'll have a pot of kayan and... And 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 uh, Patariki today and I would go off in a car into the bush, and then eventually we ended up in in Parihaka, and and then two years later we were up at Waitangi at Matodi Bay where he was born, and tracing his whole journey, and then Rua Cooper, I a co-martyr of Tainui, I said to him, I want to interview you about the story of the Waikato River. He said, ah, kai te paiti na haere mai ka haere tāua ki te awa. Me, me, me tīmata mai tāua i rangiriri. 
I said, uh, can, you, can you start there and tell me the story of Rangiriri? So we started at Rangiriri on a barge and we drifted down the Waikato River and every now and again we'd go ashore. Well, we didn't walk ashore, but the boat would drift ashore and we'd, we'd, we'd stop there for a while while he told, told me where Tafio slept by a creek and washed yeah. his feet and the karakia and so on. And Rua Kupa, a komatua from Tainui, would feature in a few more shows, like this coverage of the Pokai in 1991. So we had two weekends on the Waikato River, and had a microphone strapped around his neck. The second weekend we had was freezing cold. It was October, I think it was. It was freezing cold and wind and rain. But he stood, he stood out in the rain while I was in the, in the cabin. It was too cold for me. I said to him, <laughs> I'm not going to go stand out there. He said, no, I'm right, I'll stand out here. And because he treated the knowledge he was given as the mana of the river and the mana of Waikato, and he needed to be battered <clears throat> by pellets of uh, ice oh <laughs> out on the barge and, and, and spoke. And when you listen to some of the tapes, you can actually hear and the, the, the pellets hit, hitting the microphone. So Patariki today and um, Rua Cooper and other elders who opened the door like so... So willingly, and I'd go down to Tuhoe and, 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 and I'd oh. talk about Ruakenana, <laughs> and I'm introduced to the children. Later on, when I was working at the museum here, I was the uh, Amorangi there, we took a flag back, Ruakenana's flag back to Taneatua, and I met some of the people, the descendants of some of the people I interviewed over Ruakenana. And, and they came up to the flag and gave me a hug. I mean, they knew who I was. Yes. And, and, and you know, those things are, deep in the, are, are deeply ingrained into our wairua, into our spirit. The foundations of generosity are giving people. That's what our people are. And Pākehā settlers, especially in Auckland, uh, they denied us the return of generosity, the koha of generosity. And, and, and what happened to Waikato, they were completely stripped of their lands, their economic well-being, and the, their economies were shattered. Their ships were destroyed, and their waka in the Manco Harbour were destroyed on, on, uh, at Onehunga. The only waka that remained is the Toki Atapiri, which is in the Auckland Museum. That's a travesty of justice. To get that to information, get to get those yes. we tire on the Kochi and the Ringatu Church. How do you straddle both worlds and how do you navigate the Ao Māori and obviously your own Māori worldview versus? both worlds. Well, it's been a struggle. It's been my my childhood ambition to master both languages. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't have to master. I, I went to university and <laughs> was 
Māori studies were boring. <laughs> so I enrolled in English. And they were, one of the students said, you know, yeah, come along and listen to this professor talking about Shakespeare. What a piece of work is man, how noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, the beauty of the world, the paragon of animals, what is the quintessence of man. To me, the equivalent, the parallels in language, te reo Māori and Māori literature, mm. our culture is stuffed full of great heroes, iambic pentameter, if you like, our culture is a formidable rival for Shakespeare. So the balance between the two, you know, we turn to Christianity with ease. Listen to the literary sound of, of that. And then in the Bible it says, in the beginning was the word and God was the word in the beginning. Yeah, that's literary. Mm nuance and infinity in language there as well. So it took me a long time to really get on top of the medium that I love most, and that's poetry. I love painting. I love yes. calligraphy. And, and, and uh, I love using an airbrush to express my poetry. But the painting is complementary, to complements the poetry. It's the language, it's the sound of words. If you love words, you love people. If you love culture, you love people. So a love of words, I think. We have to bring our children up to love history, to love their country, to love their parents, to love God, but also the love of language is a, is a foothold towards them stepping into the balance of the world, to conquer the world. Give them both languages. For us to do any less than that is to betray our kids. A lot of our kids are fluent in English. Some of them are not fluent in either language mm. as well. And so I acclimatised myself, if you like to put it that way, by working closely with the Waitangi Tribunal. Yeah, James Henare and Sir Graham Latimer and Sir John Tudor pinpointed me to do the translations for the Waitangi Tribunal. Before they got tra paid translators, I did it in Tauranga. Yeah, I, I've, I've been privileged to work in both the Māori and the Pākehā world. Mm. And I, I don't think, uh, you know, the, the Waitangi Tribunal acknowledges both languages. Yes. And I want to see our rangatahi adept in both languages. When I say rangatahi, I mean Pākehā as well. Mm. Not just Māori rangatahi, but Māori rangatahi now, especially women, I think the portents for the future are great. By 2040, when our anniversary comes up, I predict there will be two Māori prime ministers. One of them is going to be a woman, because women are the leaders in our society at the moment. And... Um, if my, I hope my prediction is uh, okay, but I'd like to see a dual house in Parliament, an upper house consisting of the partners of the treaty, half and half. The chair of that tribunal should be 
a high court judge maybe, mm. a neutral person, but the two sides of the treaty, we would put all legislation through a prism of the Treaty of Waitangi. That's my vision. But my vision for the future is our aurangatahi, Māori or Pākehā, Pakistan or Chinese, Japanese or whatever culture living in New Zealand to make New Zealand the most livable, small democracy in the world. In 2018, as part of the Messi University Nakupu Ora Māori Journalism Awards, Dr Hare Williams was awarded Te Tohu Atanara Fairi Kitafitingata Lifetime Achievement Award for his services to broadcasting, te reo Māori, and Māori journalism. How have you seen the media shift lately being more digital? I, I, I think there's virtue in the traditional way of gathering our stories, in the waiata, in the pātere, in the haka, in the oriori, in the karanga. And the status of the language is there. There's no status in the technology that I... You know, I sit at my computer sometimes a whole day writing reports and there's no way to do it unless I have a karaki. So I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I open the window, there are... Two is making a racket on the other side of the road, the tree across the road there. And I, they, they land on here too, but the kōwhai is just run, running out of flowers outside my backyard. But they bring me the karakia that bolsters me for the rest of the day there. It gives me a, a good start for the day. Yeah, I, 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 I don't condemn the media, but I think it's, it's a dangerous media mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, can, it can be harmful to our, to our children. But it can be harmful to our culture as well if we don't control it. Yeah, I worry about <clears throat> the dangers of um, the accessibility of material on <clears throat> on social media, on social media and media. so on. The threats to our children, uh, bullying, mm. those those sorts of things are much more widespread now. Suicides are much more widespread, and it's affecting Māori. The the feeling of hopelessness. So let's not perpetuate that we come from a culture of tragedy. No, we don't just come from a culture. Yeah, the 1860s was a time of tragedy for us. But we should not forever live in a culture of tragedy. If we live in a culture of tragedy, then we're inclined to see the future as tragic as well. Mm. So we have... Great stories in our DNA. So the rongoa, for the pain and the grief and the things that's happening to our people now, the recidivism and suicides, yeah, the solutions are within our culture and that is te reo and tikanga, the experience of the marae, our carvings and our art our music, Māori television, Māori radio, all of those things can contribute to the well-being, social, cultural and spiritual well-being of our people. These days, Hare is very busy with his work alongside Unitech and the Auckland Museum. At the time of our visit, he was working alongside the New Zealand Police, Māori Doctors Association and Early Childhood as a cultural advisor. So, you know, there are four areas I'm working in here. There's early childhood, which I think is the most important 
part of t- of education for the, our, our children, and mothers are the first educators. Mm. And Kohangareo is really has the blueprint for a successful model for early childhood education. Why? Because it has the power of storytelling. You know, grandmothers telling the story of New Zealand to their grandkids, like my grandmother did to me. The second one is reforms in the legal system. The third one is the police. And I guess the other one is the media broadcasting. Mm. Uh, in my day, Hone Tufare, we were on a hikoi at uh, Waiomio. Uh, we, we arrived at Waiomio. And I put a microphone in, in, into Hone Tufare's hand. I said, give me a poem, Hone, off the cuff. He took the microphone. And I can't use this word on your program. I'll just beep it but out. But he said, what the F are we walking to Waitangi in the uncomfortable jackboots of the Pākehā? Let's take them off. Work, walk barefooted with me, Ehoa. Let's walk to Waitangi. I, as whānau. Another time, <clears throat> we were getting ready for that same hikoi at Marae in... Uh, uh, before before Kawakawa, and I was walking around with a microphone, and I went out to the car early in the morning, and Titi Whaihadawiri was about to open her boot, boot of her car. And so I said, Titi Whai, I've come here to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about, bro? I said, I want you to open your car. I want to see if you have a firearm in there. Oh, boy, did she get angry. She called me all sorts of names. I said, just open it, Titify. And she glared at me. Anyway, she opened it. I said, now I can tell the world. Because there's rumours around that you carry firearms in the boot of your car. I wanted to prove them wrong, that I'm here standing with you and you're angry with me that you have nothing of the sort in your kind. In fact, inside the meeting house, you and Hone preached a doctrine of peace, of walking on the road, mm. and people are going to spit at you and swear at you. Don't return. Don't lower ourselves by spitting back and swearing back at them. Just walk in dignity. Hold your hands up like this and say, I pray for you, brother. That's, that's how they predict, prepared the hikoi to Waitangi. Pray for them. Don't swear at them. Mm. Don't abuse them. Don't block the traffic. Don't return anger with anger. Return anger with your love. Tēnā koe e te rangatira, Dr. Hare Williams. Now you can listen to the first part of that interview. Head to rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Next week, from Globe Trotter painting murals and portraits across the US and Australia to his first ever exhibition simply called Home. Artist Graham Hoite, aka Mr G, joins his Fano at the premiere. Uh, it's about honour and honongatanga, or connections. Honouring my connections, really, uh, to Motiti uh, Island and Matakana Island, um, but also Tauranga Moana as well. Mm. I also sit down with Graham to talk about his art, mental health and his love of kina.
That's coming up in next week's episode of Te Ahika. E kore e mimiti te mihi ki a koutou katoa kua whakarongo pikari mai ana ki te wahanga nei. Special thanks to Dr. Hari Williams. Join Te Ahika hei te rātapu e tū mai nei ko te manako ia kei te noho ora pai e koutou. Mauri tū, mauri ora.